And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Okay, folks, time for a little pop quiz. Do you think Minnesota Wild tickets are cheaper three weeks or three hours before the game? You can find the answer with Game Time, the ticket-buying app that proves patience is more than just a virtue. It can save you some serious cash. Game Time is the leader in last-minute tickets. Pick your deal, see the view from where you're sitting, and buy in two taps. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the Game Time app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. So download Game Time in the App Store or Google Play, work that clock to your advantage, and score some last-minute tickets. Welcome to another edition of Straight from the Source with Michael Russo, uh, coming to you from very, very rainy Montreal, one of my favorite stops on the uh, the NHL circuit. Uh, very happy to be joined later on this podcast by Billy Guerin, the first-year general manager of the Minnesota Wild. His new team is off to a 1-5 and start. Obviously has a lot of work to do. We'll talk to Billy about that. Um, one thing I've really never talked to Billy about is up his is his upbringing. Uh, his mom is from Nicaragua. His uh, dad is from Massachusetts. Uh, how he became a hockey player, his road to the playing over 1,200 games and winning two Stanley Cups as a player is in the NHL and obviously two Stanley Cups as a manager uh, with the Pittsburgh Penguins, three-time Olympian, two-time World Cup guy. Uh, we've we talked about that. Uh, we talked about what type of GM he'll be. We talked about his stints on Letterman, some of the funny practical jokes he pulled on a, uh, as a player. 
And then we talked about the team and whether or not he would ever uh, consider a rebuild and and also how he wants to really dial down the expectations on Kirill Kaprasov. He fully anticipates that the Wild will sign him after this year. He's going to go and visit him in December, uh, but he also is very worried that the that he's become such a folk hero with Wild fans that there's just this belief that he's going to step in right away and be Connor McDavid, and he's trying to dial that back as well. So real fun conversation. He gave me 40 minutes of his time during the morning skate today. Um, and it was it was just a really cool conversation with the new general manager, who's obviously his team is off to a, a slow start this year. Um, the rest of the podcast uh, uh, episodes coming up here uh, next week, we'll have Anthony Lapanta, the Fox Sports North play by play guy, one of my best friends. And uh, as everybody knows, uh, he and I do a European vacation every uh, summer uh, that wild fans are able to tag along uh, with. This year we go to Budapest, Prague, and Vienna. You can check that out at defineddestinations.com. We'll talk about that. We'll also talk to his about his uh, road to becoming an NHL broadcaster and how he fulfills his dream while also uh, raising a family and, and uh, coaching football and all the things that he does on his spare time. So that'll be Anthony. And then just a lot of really cool guests on the horizon here. So really appreciate you uh, listening to Straight from the Source. Uh, each week here on the Athletic app. If you are listening on the Athletic app, if you're not, if you're listening on uh, anywhere you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, or whatever, uh, remember you always listen to an abbreviated version. You're also not going to get some of the bonus episodes that I do in the middle of uh, wild road trips and things like that. So if you want to subscribe to the Athletic, uh, go to theathletic.com slash straight from the source. That'll get you in for $2.99 a month, and that gives you the entire site, not just uh, Minnesota, but uh, site-wide, uh, all our European, uh, all our uh, British Premier soccer uh, coverage, podcasts, videos, um, every team in the country, professional team that we cover, things like that. Uh, so please join The Athletic as well. But without further ado, the Wild General Manager, Billy Guerin. Thanks, Billy, for joining. Third ever guest on Straight for, From the Source. I'm sure that's quite the honor. You followed Ryan Carter. Big time. Big time <laughs> honor. Following uh, carts, I know it's going to be a, uh, a tough act to follow. Yeah. It's funny, though. I, I uh, you know, Actually, just bringing up Carter, I, I, I heard about you guys on the golf course in Vail. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it seems like you two had a lot of fun on the 18th green. We did. We did. We had, uh, we had a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, my gosh, from from hole one to nineteen, <laughs> it was it was great. It, it's funny. So I haven't listened to the podcast yet. I heard it was awesome, but you did a podcast with Darren Dreger and Ray Ferraro the other day in Toronto, and and I talked to Ray Ferraro before the game, and he said it it was funny you on the podcast because you, it's like there were times you were transitioning into Billy G, but then all of a sudden you <laughs> realized, uh oh, I better be Bill Guerin, the GM, for a second. And it. it I mean, do you find that that it's hard to balance right now that you're still kind of that player that had a bunch of fun? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it that that's who I am. That's the type of guy I am. Yeah. I'm like that. At, I'm like that at home with my with my wife and my kids. And you know, we I just you know what I, I just like to have fun. And you know, sometimes you just want to you have to make sure that 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 people don't take it the wrong way. And there there is a switch. Yeah, and there is a time where you you have to be serious, and it's time to work. Mm-hmm. And um, you know that doesn't mean you can't have fun at what you do. I mean, I, I always say I've, I've never worked a day in my life um, because I, I I just love being in this in this world. But um, you know the hockey world. But it, it's it's um, there, there's definitely a time to 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 crack down and 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 no messing around. 
And it, probably Exhibit A of GMs that have had to border that is, is Mark Bergevin. We're sitting in his building here. Yeah. Uh, Montreal, the Bell Center, uh, right before uh, the Wild play the uh, the Montreal Canadiens tonight. But he was known. I mean, I've read about all his practical jokes and the type of antics that he pulled in the locker room, yet he's a GM. I, I'm telling you, he's one of the funniest human beings I have ever met in my life. And a fantastic guy. Like, just just great to be around and he's always making people laugh and I, I mean I had stories about him from players association meetings to lunches dinners I mean even watching him on the ice like uh we were playing against him he did this thing where he would uh water ski behind the Zamboni <laughs> and it was just the funniest thing I'm looking at him like what, what is this guy doing I'm like oh my god like that is <laughs> that's hilarious and uh but yeah you know what there's a balance yeah. There's a balance. And what do you, um, you, you know, right now we're, we're sitting in Montreal. I mean, this is, this is probably a building that you absolutely love to play in. I don't know any hockey player that I've ever met that didn't love to play in this atmosphere, in this arena. Um, you know, how much do you miss that, and, and do you have any special games in this building? Oh, I, I, I tell you, it, it, if I could play one more road game, it'd be here. Mm-hmm. Like, it just, the, the, the passion and the atmosphere and, you know, it's you know, it's a weekday game in October, and and this is the most important thing going on in the world. You know, yeah, it's just a it's a very special place, and uh, I love playing here. Tell me about your uh, the the one thing I've never actually discussed with you is your childhood. I mean, how did you get into hockey? Uh, you know, tell me about your folks, uh, your road to getting to where you uh, to where you're sitting right now. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny because um, my my dad is from. My dad was from Worcester. Uh, I lost my dad about 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, he was from Worcester, Massachusetts, but my mom is from Managua, Nicaragua. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, she obviously, she didn't, know, she didn't know a thing about hockey. And it was something where I had, you know, I, had a, I was a normal little kid. I had a ton of energy, and uh, the winters were long in Massachusetts, and she was trying to find something for me to do. And a friend of hers just suggested, you know, take him ice skating. And it never crossed her mind. So uh, she took me ice skating, and I fell in love with it. And the next thing you know, I was, you know, asking to play hockey. And 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 that, w- that was it, literally. And um, you know what? My parents were always – my dad never played hockey. Mm-hmm. You know, he was more of a basketball guy. But um, they were always extremely supportive. There was never – my they never told me you should do this, you should do that. It was always – Good game. Did you have fun? And the only time my dad would get mad at me is if I acted up on the ice, if I was taking stupid penalties or yelling at the ref or, you know, doing doing something that, that uh, you know, I, I really shouldn't have been doing. That was the only time he'd get mad at me. It was never about, like, a hockey player or anything like that. So I had great support from my parents. And um, I have an older sister uh, Melissa, who's, um, she, she and her husband, they've lived all over the world and, uh, they've been back in the States now for, uh, I don't know, seven, eight years, but their last stop was Singapore. Wow. And, um, you know, they, they lived in, you know, he's my, my brother-in-law's from Peru. So they have lived down there. They've lived in Brazil. They've lived, you know, they lived mm-hmm. all over. And then my younger brother, John, uh, is, is back home in, uh, in Wilbraham with his wife and two kids. And uh, I get to see them every once in a while. What did your parents do? My father, uh, my father was in, in finance. He was the um, 
he ran the uh, the uh, the UBS office for uh, uh, in Hartford. Okay. Uh, he started. He, you know, it's kind of amazing. He was in the business for 40 years, and he stayed with one company. He started with Kidder Peabody, um, and then Payne Weber bought them. So he was with Payne Weber, and then UBS bought Payne Weber, and he stayed. So he started in in uh, he ran the Springfield office for you know a bunch of years, and then moved down uh, Route 91 to Hartford, and. Uh, and did that right and your mom uh... my mom my mom actually she stayed at home when we were all real young but when i was in high school um uh she got her master's in in uh in education when i was really young and um so she went back to work when i was in high school and she ended up running the spanish department at springfield college right um and she did that for about 10 or 12 years so um you know, it was always, uh, my, my dad was, was, you know, he didn't come from much, uh, and he was kind of a self-made guy, but, uh, you know, education and work ethic mm-hmm. were his big things. Right. You know, my, my brother and my sister and I, we always had like paper routes and, you know, things like that were, he, he always just wanted to see us working. Yeah. You know. And, and uh, how's your Spanish, by the way? uh it's okay it's okay <laughs> i you know what in a pinch i can get by um not fluent by any means they're not even very good broken spanish but I, if if i'm in a spanish-speaking country or if i need to i could get by so your uh, childhood um, when did your hockey really start to excel where you started to realize wait a minute you know this is this is something i'd like to do and can do oh I'm telling you, thank God it worked out because I had no plan B. Uh-huh. Like from as far back as I can remember, I was going to play hockey. Right. And I, you know what? I was, you know, we we didn't have satellite TV. There was no, you know, uh, NHL package or anything like that. So I was going to play for the Bruins. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Like I was going to play pro hockey for the Bruins. So I didn't plan on, on anything else. And I just got bit by the bug and it just kept going and going i i get i just kept getting better and but i never it never clued into me kind of i was kind of naive about what was out there and um when i was about 16 um the guy that i grew up playing for his name was gary denine he's a, a canadian who's from montreal and he had played for uh, like Toronto St. Mike's, he played for Team Canada in the, I forget which Olympics. Um, uh, played pro hockey in Springfield, so he knew how things worked. Mm-hmm. And when I started kind of getting really good, you know, 16 years old, junior teams like Peterborough Peets and Kitchener Rangers, they all started calling him. And it kind of opened up my eyes to what was going on and what was out there so probably around 16 i realized that you know maybe i could i could turn this into something yeah and and boy you did i mean uh 12 over 1200 games two stanley cups as a player um tons of goals i was talking to somebody the other day you know you were you were there's not a lot of players in today's game that played the game that you played you know that big right shot go to the net but can beat you in many different ways um a little bit of a mean streak uh, could shoot from anywhere. I mean, it, it it does seem like that style of hockey player is kind of gone right now. 
Yeah, it it well the game's changed so much, and you know, it, it just you know you, you're you're there's so many more skilled players mm-hmm. in, in the game now than ever, and you know you're you're just not you, you don't really have to do that as much, right? Um, you know, I I knew coming in that you know being being a bigger guy. Um, having to play physical that, you know, there, there are going to be times you have to answer the bell. Mm-hmm. So that had to become part of my game, um, and it, which I took a lot of pride in. And um, it's, just, it's just really changed. And uh, so you, you, there, are, there are some of the guys like that, though, still in the game, but you just you rarely have to see it. I remember talking to Gretzky about five years ago, um, and it's funny, I've talked to Rick Tockett about this, who you're just on the phone with. Um, yeah. You know, guys that are sort of fresh off the ice that played, that all of a sudden are either in a coaching or a GM's box. You know, I mean, we're seeing Eisman, Sackick, that you're watching these games that, and we're so good on the ice. How sometimes does it get frustrating when you're, like, sitting up there and you're like, just do that? Because, you know, I used to do that. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I mean, are there, are there times where you're just sitting up there and just kind of losing your mind because – You've been in that situation, and you just don't understand why they're not doing it. Yeah, you, definitely. You, you catch yourself, too. But, yet, you know, like, to answer your question, yes. We, yeah. we all do that. Yeah. But I really try to go back to my playing days and just say, hey, you know what? You weren't the perfect player either, pal. Like, right. You know what? There, there were times where I struggled, and I didn't do their – I can't imagine what – my GMs were saying about me, <laughs> yeah. you know, on, on any given night. So I really try to give the guys a, um, you know, just cut them a break, you know, cut them some slack. It's hard. It's a tough game. I've never played in this era, too. Right. Like, this is this is the fastest hockey's ever been played. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's much different than when I came into the league. And so you really have to take that into consideration, too. And it's, it's kind of a different game. And you know, just we gotta we gotta be patient with these guys, mm-hmm. and they they all care, they all work hard, um, and I think if we get frustrated with something, that we're better off trying to help them rather than just beat them up for it. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this is like we're we're in this together. Like I don't want any of my players to struggle. Like I want them all to have career years mm-hmm. every year. So we're better off trying to help them out. So what kind of communication do you have with the players right now? Is it, is it all kind of, you know, just kind of being the cool Bill Guerin and just shoot the breeze with them? Hello. Uh, you know, I read Rob Rossi's story where you're kind of making them laugh and talking about their lives in the, in the, in the gym the other day at, at Tria. Um, or, or are you somebody that every once in a while is going to have to say, hey, you know, come here, let's have a talk? Or even like Brian Murray used to do, sometimes in the middle of the season, go down to the locker room and tear the pan off the wall. Yeah. Um, well, like I, like I said before, there's a balance. Yep. And you know what? I, I, listen, today's game day, We, you know what? I, I want the guys to be in a good mood. I, I don't want to be around all the time. But if, mm-hmm. you know, in passing, we, yeah, we shoot the breeze for sure. And if there's something I can help a guy out with, I'll, I'll do it. Um, you know, I, I haven't, uh, I haven't um, addressed him as a team since the end of training camp, and mm-hmm. I, I don't plan to. That's, that's Bruce's job. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, uh, but it, like I said, if there's something where I can, where I can help, 
then I'll do that. Right. And I don't really have, you know, a, a set formula for yep. that. Can I ask you also, uh, just to go back to your playing days, um, you know, it, it does seem like, I know you played with a lot of these guys on teams too, but it seems like the USA hockey players, uh, you know, I think you were in four Olympics, right? Um, uh, three Olympics. Three, Olymp- and, three Olympics and two World Cups. Yeah, and it, it just seems like there's an unbelievable fraternity with all you guys, the Madonos, the, the Keith Kachuks, the, you, you know, yeah. I mean, all these guys, uh, Brett Hall, Doug Wade, everybody. Um, you know, one, is that is that fair? And uh, what were those experiences like uh, playing on those stages with those guys? Oh, that's that's fair. There There is a fraternity there, and, and especially with that group because we were together for – well, we started, I think our first tournament together kind of with that group is the 96 World Cup, and we won. And um, we actually won in this building, which is kind of yeah. cool. And um, that that just creates a bond. Um, and then we played in, you know, probably that group was World Cup and two Olympics together. And, yeah, it's a special group. It's a great group of guys that, that you know, we, we have that bond and, um, it's always good to see the guys from those teams. It, it really is. We we had a it, we had a ton of fun, and it was just a just a great group of guys to yep. be around. You were on Letterman twice, right? <laughs> um, one when you won the cup in Pittsburgh, right? Am I right uh, on that? Or? No, in Jersey. Oh, okay, in Jersey. Um, and then the other time during the Olympics, I believe it would have been the during, Salt Lake City during right? the Nagano. Olympics. Okay, it was Nagano, yeah. so '98. Yeah. Um, which was a heck of Olympics. I'll have to get that real story from you on yeah. what happened in the dorm rooms. Um, yeah, but tell me about the experiences on Letterman. One, one you were on set, but the other one you did a, a video montage. We, we did this, uh, yeah, the video montage, and it was the we did the top ten list. Yep, you and Mike Madano were two of the top ten. You were it number was, two. It was hilarious, and uh, somebody sent it to me the other day, and uh, my line was, uh, it was. Uh, I think top 10 pickup lines from yep. NHL players in the Olympics. Yep. Number six from the Dallas Stars, Mike Modano. Ever kiss a guy with no teeth? <laughs> Number two from the New Jersey Devils, Billy Guerin. In your case, NHL stands for nonstop happening lady. Yeah. Back then, there, there, wasn't, there wasn't Twitter, there wasn't Instagram, there uh. wasn't all this instant access, so we actually had to... You know, you, you film it. You wait your turn. You go in front of the camera. You say it, and it was um, it was hilarious. Like yeah. Some of the some of the lines are great. Some of the lines were the great. Guys and guys got into it. The, the, some of them are like Pat Lafontaine gives his line and then just starts yeah, cracking, starts up, cracking up, up after, and then winning the cup, being on there, uh, that had to be pretty neat. Yeah, it was. It was really it was really a cool experience. Um, you brought the cup to d- the set, right? Yeah. Um, it was really cool. Diane Lane was the other uh was a guest so we, we saw her and i mean that was cool because i was a big outsiders mm-hmm. the outsiders fan <laughs> and then uh the musical guest was warren zevon and i love warren zevon oh yeah. yeah yeah and that was just to hear he so we heard him warm up and stuff like that and yeah that was that was really cool yep i'm a big trampled by turtles fan and one of their uh they do a cover of warren zevon that is absolutely awesome yeah. like every now and then they uh yeah. they do it um Boy, that's funny. 
I was just watching a show. I don't know if it was Succession or Billions, and uh, and there was a Warren Zevon song on there. So uh, he, was, he was he was great. Yep. Uh, let me ask you about your family. First of all, how did you meet Kara? And, and you mentioned, I mean, it is pretty funny. I mean, you mentioned that you goof around with your kids. I got to witness that uh, Had uh, when I sat down with you the day after you are hired with your wife and, and three of your children. Three or yep. four. I can't remember. Um, I mean, just yeah, which, three. Grace yeah, had to yeah, leave. Yeah. Grace had to leave. And just uh, they were telling some unbelievably funny stories about, well, you being a morning person and them not being a morning person. Yeah. 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 So. yeah. yeah it's... um. We we do we have a lot of fun at, at, in our house. Um, I met Kara. I met Kara. Um, uh, I was playing for the Devils. She she went to Montclair State University, um, and she there's a, a little local bar in uh, in Verona, New Jersey, called the Verona Inn. My buddy, I've been there a my, ton of times. Really? Yeah, yeah. I have so, a lot of family from so, Verona. Yeah, so yeah. Th- that's that's where it all happened. That's funny. My friend Marty Robinson owned the uh, the Verona Inn, and Kara was friends with him too. And she worked there on Wednesday nights. And I, I mean, I'd go in there all the time, but we had never met. So we, Marty and I, were going out one night, and as as he says it, he was mad at both of us, so he introduced us. Wow. And um, as I like to say it, I, I, you know, she just she just fell head over heels in love with me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was it was instant uh, instant fireworks and and um, you know it's it's just been fantastic. And then the it was, so we got married uh, you know quickly, and uh, then the kids just started coming, and it was it's been it's been great. It's been an adventure. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny that I mean, I, my uh, aunt, and uncle from Verona, my all my first cousins from Verona. So I used to spend oh, every wow. Christmas there. Oh my there. god! Yeah, they all went to all the Verona public schools and everything. So that's that's really funny. Um, and then uh, the the one story that was really funny was them talking about how you like to wake them up singing. Oh yeah, and they love yeah. it. I think I inherited that from my dad. Uh huh. Because I my dad used to do the same stuff, and I'm like slowly turning into him. Um, <laughs> Like you know, he 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 loved classical music. He'd have it blasting, and he'd be singing. And now that's that's what I do. I'll I go in, I'll make up songs and sing to my sing to my kids and jump on them in bed and stuff. And just I don't know, just whatever it takes. Yeah. Trying to trying to make them laugh, and I end up making them mad. The uh, by the way, I just remember Madonna's line: "It was ever kiss a guy with no teeth." <laughs> that was the Madonna line on Letterman. Yeah, that's a uh, good one. <laughs> um. The uh, and, and how have you like the one thing that was so cool just being with your your family? I mean, I think you sent me a text after that. It, man, it just showed me that I I did something right. But your family, the they they absolutely you know love you. I mean, they 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 Hope sit so. there, yeah. I mean, but they <laughs> you know they they talk about how great of a, a parent you are, uh, how you've never missed even throughout your playing and. And um, and managerial days don't miss their events and things like that. Now they're all living in four different places, you yep. know, one overseas. How are you managing this living in Minnesota away from them? Well, we're I mean, we're honestly with t- the technology today. We're we're in constant communication. Um, I do I do the best I can, and and you know what they understand what what this job means and, and mm-hmm. how you have to be around all the time. And, um, but I also understand how important what, what they're doing. And, 
if I have a chance to, to, to be at something important of theirs, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if, if that means I, you know, they're not going to miss me if I'm not at practice. And so if, if something comes up and the kids have something important, I'll, I'll do my best to make it. And we, we've all done that for each other. Yeah. Um, uh, Liam, who's playing uh, hockey, uh, prep hockey over in uh, Connecticut right now. Yeah. Um, that ki- that kid's hilarious. I, I remember yeah, at the end of the thing, I said I, I said to uh, I said to your wife, I'm like, do you mind sending me some pictures of you guys as family? And Liam said, like, can I take mine shirtless? <laughs> so, uh, He's but, la- but last he week you you flew out there and he gave yep. a speech. I understand to 300 people about um, ADHD and depression and anxiety. Yeah, you, you know what? It was just kind of well, they do this great thing at at, at the Salisbury School and. Um, they, they have chapel once a week mm-hmm. and, you know, all, all the boys go in there and, and, uh, I, I think the way it works, sometimes one of the senior boys will, will, will give a speech and, and Liam, Liam did it, uh, two weeks ago. I was able to go out there and it was, you know, I was, I don't know if I've ever been more proud of him. Mm-hmm. He, uh, you know what, we, we all, we all deal with, with, you know, with our own things but Liam's had you know he's got ADHD he's dealt with some anxiety and some depression over the years and and it was just kind of about his his road and how much the school has meant to him and helped him through it and uh, you know like I said there's 300 boys there plus faculty and he he got up and delivered a speech like he's delivered a hundred of them and you know it, it just I was I was happy to to hear that he well first of all I was proud of him that he that he would just talk about that in front of everybody and then happy to hear that the school means so much to him and mm-hmm. and has really helped him because it is a special place and and they do such a great job there. He does seem like a confident kid. Yeah, just like just like anybody else, confidence comes and goes. But he yeah. is. Uh, you know, like I said, I'm I'm really proud of the the man he's turning into. Your uh, wife still living in Pittsburgh? Yeah, she's li- well. She's living in Pittsburgh as we speak. She's on her way to Liam's uh, parents' weekend. Okay. Um, but she's been between since I got the job. She's been between Pittsburgh, Minnesota, England, <laughs> Eastern Pennsylvania, and. Uh, you know, two places in Connecticut for Liam and Lexi. So she's she's uh, racking up the frequent flyer miles. How how much are you looking forward to kind of settling down where she can move now to Minnesota and and yeah. uh, you guys got an apartment and we're really out. looking yeah. forward to it. I mean, this is it's been just it's been you know it's been crazy and we get it we understand, um, but it'll, it'll be nice when we can just finally settle in. Right. Um, let me ask you about the team, as I'm sure everybody could hear. Uh, morning skate is going on right now. Pucks are flying. Uh, I'm sure you loved morning skates, actually, uh, as a player. I did. I yeah. did like morning skates. I, I, I just felt it gave me a chance to kind of wake up and get going. And I'd rather have the day off the day before a game and then skate as a team in the morning. Right. And take it seriously rather than just goofing around. The team's 1-5 uh, and five heading into tonight's game. Um, win in Ottawa, which I'm sure alleviated some pressure. Uh, the other night, uh, you play so well in the first period, and then things kind of fall apart in the second, and then play pretty well in the third. 
that's got to be probably the most frustrating part of the season is that every single game you guys show for different parts of the game how good you can be. And then it just seems like those, I mean, just little three, four-minute spans where you guys just turn the game upside down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that can that can get frustrating. I'm, you know, trying to trying to focus on the good things that we've done. Um, and you're right. We've we've played we've played really well in in stretches and 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 we've had control of games. And you know, we're, we're I think we're still just trying to figure things out. And and if we can eliminate those, you know, three four minute lapses, we'll be okay. I just think too, like. I think this this team as a group and as individuals has to you know we we have to we have to find some confidence. Yeah. And confidence in this game is everything. If you if you have it, the game really slows down for you and you know you you can make plays, you handle the puck. And if you don't have it, it it seems every time you touch it somebody's right on you and and you don't have any time. So Hopefully we can find confidence as, as individuals and as a team. The other night, uh, Craig Leopold sat to your right uh, in the in the uh, GM's booth. Is that in a game like that? Is that uncomfortable? I mean, no, you, you do no, recognize I, right away how big of a fan he is, right? I'm sure he's yeah, reacting. he's passionate about yeah. it. He listen. He, he's well. Look, he owns a team. He can sit wherever he wants. <laughs> but no, I, I don't. I don't mind. I don't mind it at all. I mean, Craig's such a great guy and. I understand that he's gonna that he's cheering he's cheering for us, you know what I'm 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 looking at the game in a little bit of a different way, yeah. But um, no, I have no problem with it at all, and I understand it, and uh, yeah, no 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 issues whatsoever. When you look when you look at the team right now, I mean, and I'm sure you've you've heard people talk about the team. I'm sure you've read coverage even about the team. We've all keep on kind of. Or at least I keep on saying, boy, Billy's got a lot of work to do. I mean, do, do you feel that way when you watch this team compared to – I mean, the one thing that's obvious is when you look at teams like Toronto, Colorado, you know, Colorado Edmonton we're going to see in a couple of days, Winnipeg, is that they do have superstars where this team lacks it. Yeah, look, you know what? I think everybody seems to forget the pain that some of those teams went yes. through. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I mean they, they look great now, and they are, they're great teams. But they, boy, did they go through some tough times mm -hmm. too. And Winnipeg didn't win a playoff uh, yeah. round for a game forever. Yeah. So, you know, do I have a lot of work? Yeah, I absolutely have a lot of work. So, do, so does every other GM in the league. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter if you're if you're at the top of the league or the bottom of the league. Every GM's got a lot of work to do. But, you know what? I'm still in the evaluation process of, of this team, getting to know these players. Um, giving this group an opportunity to, to, to show me what they can do. And I know right now the record's not great, but you know what? They're getting the opportunity to pull themselves out of this too. Right. Trying to, I'm trying to figure out here, I count 12 forwards, so somebody's missing, right? Uh, Rask is missing. Okay, right Rask. Is he just uh, banged up or is he? Yeah, yeah, he's, he's got a, a lower body injury that we're, he's going to be taking care of this morning. Okay. Um, so if he doesn't play tonight, obviously Donato. Not that you're the coach, but Donato or Greenway are gonna have to probably go to center, right? Yes. Think. Yep. The um, would you say that speed is a bit of an issue right now? Um. Yeah, I mean it. It can be, but I think this. It's one of those things too where we, we've got to, you know, figure out as 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 uh, you know, 
players, coaches, management. We've got to figure out what the issue is. You, you, you look at our roster, and we don't, we don't have slow players. Mm -hmm. And um, I think, I think sometimes when you have the confidence, you're just, you just play. You, you just, you're skating. You're moving. When you don't have confidence, your feet don't move. And I think that's part of the issue that we're having. Thanks to Billy Guerin for joining and to listen to this episode in full, please subscribe to theathletic.com slash straight from the source. That's theathletic.com slash straight from the source.